Welcome to the Comedian's Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Clausen. Life is messy, and maintaining a strong marriage and a healthy, happy family can sometimes feel impossible. Join my husband, stand-up comedian Leland Clausen, and I as we chat with guests about marriage, family, work, and everything in between. On today's episode, we have two special guests, comedian Matt Bulk and his wife, Sabrina. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> it's good to be here. We go. We should let the, the listeners know, we kind of go way back with the folks. We do go way back. Mm-hmm. We've even gone on trips. Yeah. yeah. It's been what, like three months, three and a half? <laughs> Not three, three and a half, yeah. We've been, yeah. We've been self-isolating together. That's the truth. That's right. Is we kind of we kind of met. We up. live in their basement. Yeah, we kind of met up, and then all of a sudden Trudeau went on TV, and he's like, "Come back to Canada," and we're like, "Oh, we are here." He's like, "Stay inside." So we just stayed in the house, and it's been great. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. Matt, why don't you tell us where you first got started in stand up comedy? Because I think that's where you first met Leland. Yeah. So I I first met Leland. Well, I met Leland forever ago, just briefly. When I saw him at a show and then uh, he he reached out to me um, in 2007, I think it was, because he was mm. doing a comedy competition, Leland Clausen's comedy tournament. It was all branded Leland Clausen because he's very full of himself. And uh, it's always <laughs> Not, nothing I've ever branded. Nothing <laughs> I've ever branded for myself. Has ever it's funny. Actually, I do the exact I same thing. Say, like most comedians, yeah. everything has your name on it, too. Matt Folk's yeah. Jaws. That's right. Well, that? I adapted it. For the stage, uh-huh. why shouldn't my now name be yours, above the title? Sure. You know what, Steven Spielberg? I, I actually adapted yours and called it Matt Fal- uh, Leland Clausen's Matt Falk's Jaws. <laughs> no, that's I saw that. It was better. Yeah. It was better. Yeah. <laughs> well, COVID hit, and yeah, we couldn't. Tanked, we but... couldn't do the full production. I don't think I've heard of a comedian not putting their name on stuff. Although there was stunt comedian uh, Tim Hildebrandt who called himself something completely <laughs> different right. for a TV episode. <laughs> he loved pranks so much. His, there's a guy that he used to play pranks on named Sid Coop, and he thought it'd be so funny if he did a TV episode of uh, my show Comedy Street <laughs> as Sid Coop, because once you know Sid, this Sid Coop might actually watch it and see his name, and Tim would have beaten him with the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate prank. That's like so I was like, yeah, okay, that's Andy Kaufman level stuff. That's great. It was, and then he was like getting calls. He did a couple shows as Sid Coop, and I was like, dude, just tell him your real name. This is getting so. <laughs> Stupid. There's a couple comics who have personas out there, or who, who some famous ones who did have personas, and then you know Dave Hempstead, uh, who's a who's a big Canadian comedian, started off as uh, Billy Bob Joe Taylor. What was it? Something like that. He was like a cowboy character. He did a whole Western thing. Oh right. And he was well known, and he was he was very funny. And then uh, he shifted into his <laughs> normal voice, and then all of a sudden. Like just a genius, like a comedic genius. And that's not fair. You're not allowed to be a funny character comic and a funny, <laughs> regular groundbreaking comic. You're not allowed to be both. That's not he, fair. You know what I found out about him? We're way off topic. We still haven't heard about how you started comedy. But I now you got me on Dave Hempstead. His, uh, uh, his cousin, Tyra Hempstead, used to live in Prince Albert. And he actually visited her in summers. And I had a buddy that was trying to, was always hitting on her. <laughs> And Dave, that's what Dave and I talked about when we were doing, uh, I don't know, some festival together. I can't remember, Halifax or something like that. That was our total conversation was about Tyra. <laughs> anyway, sorry. How did you start in comedy? I thought that story was going somewhere. I thought maybe there, there was an ending or something. Those, was, those like, are my stories. They end with, anyways, <laughs> that's how you know my stories are over. 
Anyways. <laughs> With the pause. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, but anyway, so I went, I did, I did Leland's uh, comedy tournament in 2007. And then I think that one, I got third. And then. Was that your first that was time the first doing stand-up? Time. Not. Didn't like, you, you, you won the region. I won the region, which Leland didn't want me to. Leland, you know this, Sabrina, but Leland brought me in to lose because there was this really funny guy that that wasn't quite getting. Now, let's. I didn't bring him in to lose, but I didn't think lose. he'd win. Yeah. What does that there mean? There was a guy who I I had said from Calgary. I said, "Come because there's this is a really weak field." Yeah. <laughs> and you have a chance to advance in this region. So he came all the way from Calgary to Winnipeg. Come to Winnipeg. You were just, the only you were guy just you got to beat is some seventeen-year-old kid who wears a bow tie on stage. <laughs> I think he does magic. You'll be fine. Is what I, said to him. I didn't do magic. I should have. I would have gone no, even further. No, you wouldn't have could won. Have, could have won the whole thing. I, I highly. You were, but yeah, it just blew me away. This guy. Very sweet. Were you? Were you date? You were dating Sabrina at the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was there. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that was a we that was a crazy night. Way back to. Yeah, we do go way back. We met in. Uh, I well, I had turned seventeen when we started dating, so we met when we were sixteen. Well, we well, we, we were neighbors. We were kids when we knew each other. Yeah, but we were then, on the same bus, and you were the annoying kid wow, on the bus. Wow. So you saw like now, Carrie. See, different. The d- difference here is that Carrie married me, and then I was like, "Hey, comedy. That seems fun." And I totally. But you you knew what you were getting into, Sabrina, right? I mean, I don't think you can fully know what you're getting into. Right. <laughs> like True. you could guess, um, but yeah, I definitely had more of an idea than if it was like randomly just thrown at me. But yeah, but not only that, but you were like you were the one who said in you were the 2000. One. <laughs> you were the one mm. uh, in 2011. You were like, "Do you want to keep doing stand up?" And I was like, "Yes." And you said, okay, then we have to leave Manitoba. We have to actually and yet do we're this. Back thing. Here now, we're here. We're here again. <laughs> but th- that was, you were the one who said, if you want to do this, we have to like go full out and like really do it. Yeah, I'm willing to take the leaps if someone's willing to do the work and see it through. Hmm. It's just, if you're going to do it, then do be all in. Yeah. And I'll be all in with you. But if we're only going to half do it, then forget about it. And I think that's wow. been a huge theme too in our marriage when our marriage kind of interconnected with comedy mm-hmm. was that, was that, but I'm assuming we'll probably, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> that'll come up. Just trust me. This theme will come up. <laughs> put a little footnote. Yeah. In let me put a pin in that because that's going to, I feel like that's an important <laughs> thing. There we go. Okay. So you did comedy tournament. That was your first time on stage. Yeah, and then, correct? No, not my first time on stage. I had done talent shows and stuff like that before that, but this was like, this was a big one. This was, mm-hmm. you know, seven minutes in front of a, a big audience that didn't know me at all. Um, and I had, I mean, I had some support people there, but um, it was, this was a big one. And then I remember I, even when Leland sat me and the other guy down and there was the camera set up, I was like terrified. I was nervous. And he said that I won. <laughs> I was, I was beyond thrilled. And then it was like a couple years later, after the whole tournament ended that Leland, I, I uh, opened up for Leland or did a guest spot when he was at rumors comedy club. And it was on his recommendation that got me into the club. And then like a year after that, I called the club back. I was like, do you remember me? I was here when Leland headlined and they let me back in the club. So yeah, Leland not only got me like my start with competitions, but he, he got me into rumors comedy club, which kind of started the ball rolling on everything else. Yeah. Cool. So it's his wow. fault. <laughs> yeah. You did this. Wow. Yeah. If it wasn't for you, we'd be successful right now. <laughs> right. 
That's pretty <laughs> Doing much something completely different. True. Um, so Sabrina, you so you guys were just dating when he first started, mm-hmm. and then you married a couple years later. Yeah, it was like I think we dated for three years, and then we got married, and now we've been okay. married for eleven years. <laughs> so. Right, but you also help Matt write stand up, right? Yes, I think I. I would say I I did it more back in the day. I mean, now being a mom and having a toddler, I definitely am involved less, and I have my own projects too that I that I work on. So my timing right. time is definitely limited. Um, but in the beginning, we were really like, a, like crafting it together, like writing it together, mm. doing the concepts together. Um, I mean, we still do concepts together, but I'm less involved in the first round. <laughs> You're, you're bringing ah, boo, 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 boo. what do you think of this Matt that's a new bit I'm working on it's actually funny that you say that because like we're both like staying away from parenting stuff like we're both kind trying of like to. trying to actively not pitch each other parenting jokes because like you're parenting we have a, a three-year-old boy and you're parenting <laughs> all day and that's all you're doing all day so then all these bits are coming and it's up funny like, it is funny but no one wants to hear it funny like yeah. the, the things do they not want to hear it not anymore says are just like out of this world like <laughs> but like and then you go you, you just might be getting a different demographic of people i i think i don't know what it is you're starting to lose that old crowd <laughs> that young crowd <laughs> it's, you gotta move to the old people now I, come on I, over maybe, maybe. Come it's this, on but it's over. also this idea that like there's a lot of comics out there doing almost solely parenting material and they're doing it really really well and then when I come up and I kind of do like a portion of my act, it's it, it might get washed out. So we're trying to like stay stay away from it as much as possible. It's just the same reason why once this whole pandemic ends, I'm probably not going to do any COVID nineteen material because there's going to be so it's many comics be, that are going to yeah so saturated. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and no one's been able to try out the material. Yes. Yeah, so like, <laughs> so it's just I'm going to add about fifty minutes of new material. I'd like to try out on you guys if that's all right. <laughs> Uh, but here's here's something that kind of happened just a little bit earlier, and I want to jump on that real quick. When you were talking about your act, and you do this all the time, you always say we. Mm. This is what we, so we're bringing this to the table, and you've always done that with your your comedy. You always say it's we, yeah, because you guys are like that's why I always like, and maybe maybe Sabrina, you don't you're not as actively involved anymore, but that's always kind of the yeah. So the now mentality. when he says we, I'm like, stop saying we because that was actually you. <laughs> <laughs> don't give me credit where I don't deserve well, credit. You, you also would say in the even like forever you've been saying stop saying we you sound crazy. <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. No one knows that you're talking about me and your wife. You're just <laughs> saying we. I'm just like, yeah, we we wrote this new joke. Who did? We did. Shut up. Quiet. Like it's I sound schizophrenic. So it's like I need to tone down. Do you down. know that entertainers have gone to the next level when they start referring to themselves in the third person? That's right. I think. Oh. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy. Would you like you know, to know the room? that a while back? <laughs> um, I, I love that you guys work together. So Leland and I have never worked together. Can't do it. Maybe I should caveat that with a never worked together well. <laughs> you do. We don't work together well either, though. Like there is That's a true. lot of arguing what? and bickering before we actually get anything productive. Really? Uh, yeah. A lot, there's a hope, lot is forged in You're saying fire. there's hope for carrying Oh, yes. So, how it works for us is Leland will run a bit by me. He doesn't anymore, but early days. And I would be like, oh, that's really bad. I hate it. Don't do it. And he would do it anyway. And that's he the would, one that works. It would work really well. That's how I know. <laughs> well, it's, it's like this. Do you want Do you want your act to, to be liked by the old church lady? No. <laughs> She's the old church lady. I wasn't always the old church lady. 
That's You've how grown I into the old church lady. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've worked very hard to become the And old why shouldn't lady. you be? You know what? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's what is wrong with that other, anyway? Like, it's funny because we have almost the opposite effect. Uh, I, I always tell the story because it's because it just so exemplifies it. Um, but Sabrina had this line um, way, way back in the day. This was like, it's a data joke now, but it was like, I forget. This is almost like eight years ago, probably where she said, uh, she had this line where um, she said, I just got a Bluetooth. Um, I, I talked to myself. That's the, I forgot. Okay. Let me, let me go back, edit this out, edit all this out. Cause I haven't told this joke in eight years. Okay, here we go. So the, <laughs> the joke is, this is going to go really well now. The joke is I used to talk to myself all the time. People used to think I was crazy. Then I got a Bluetooth. Now they think I'm important. So that was the line. And I remember <laughs> it was about eight years ago. I just tried it. Sabrina said that line to me. And then I just tried it on stage at a corporate event. I just threw it in randomly and it got such an insane laugh and like a mid show <laughs> applause break that I remember stopping and I literally like paused and I was like, Whoa, okay. And then we've been kind of doing stuff. And then there's that I bit, the toaster that, that you've learned. The no, lesson. never. Because <laughs> I'm still fighting you on everything. Because that toaster bit, remember you said do the, this bit. This is a, this is a bit. This is a good bit. I a, like literally, remember standing in the kitchen like holding up the toaster and I was like this thing is funny you <laughs> need to talk about this and I was like it's not a bit it's not a bit we're just laughing now it's not a bit and she's like trust me it's a bit so then I did it on stage and not only did it work but it's like one of the most talked about bits that I've ever done right. oh, people funny. constantly come up to me and they go that toaster bit is so funny and every time they say it I'm like you oh die. thank you but I die yeah I die a little bit inside I'm every like, time they say it all you hear is hey your wife Sabrina is funnier than you yes. <laughs> Your wife is smarter than you. She's always right. And I know that, but I don't want to hear it. No. Aww. So, okay, if you guys disagree then, so if Sabrina really wants you to do a joke and Matt does not want to do it, what do you guys do? How do you I mean, how do you come to um, a resolution? Final say. Like, there's been lots of times where I'm like, I don't like it, don't do it, and he, he'll do it anyways. And then if I really like something and he's like, mm, then he won't. <laughs> like, I mean, he's the one going up there in the end and right. has to say it, so... He's the one who decides ultimately, like what's coming out of that mouth. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll say too that what's, what's going to come out. It is really independent of the brain. It's just <laughs> my mouth. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going to come out of that mouth. <laughs> my my mouth has made a decent living. My brain has made us nothing. <laughs> Um, it's funny because if, if something that, if you really believe in something though, you'll push it and you'll keep coming back to it. You'll, yeah, you'll be like, yeah, there's certain hills that I'll, I'll die on for sure. Yeah. And then the toaster was, it that, was, one was of that them. Hill. It, it was one of those hills. Was one of those hills. I just You're recorded right. that, that, uh, toaster bit at the Halifax comedy festival. So it'll be airing on the CBC. Uh, I don't know. Sometime. Nice. Sometime. <laughs> sometime. I don't know if the CBC still, is it still working? Is it still on? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's COVID only channel. <laughs> it's just all COVID all the time. Yeah. Baby. So if, if the jokes are about COVID, you're fine. <laughs> oh, they're not. Uh, oh, no. Uh, no. Um, Sabrina, tell us about your, uh, you, now, because so, you're an author and you've done, did Matt have anything? Tell us a little bit about that. But also I want to know if Matt is involved <laughs> at all in that. In that. You know, I will say I would love to give him credit, but he was a lot less involved in that process than I would have even liked him to be, actually. like I, He supported you by staying out of your, your no, way so you well, can get it done? Sometimes. I mean, if I wanted him to stay out of my hair, then he wouldn't. Um, but he was an 
obstacle to overcome in the process of writing the book for the most To be fair, though, the best authors are forged in this fire of adversity, and I was just giving her that. Yeah. I mean, you, know? you were supportive. Of course, you were supportive, and you gave me the time to do it. Um, but if it, And you read through it, like, a bunch of times. So, like, that's huge because that's really boring to have to read the same thing. A novel and length document over and over again. Um, so and it's it's fiction, right? Yes, it's fiction. Um, yeah, I started writing it. Tell us a little, little bit about it. There. Yeah, is it a comedy? It is. There's humor in it. Um, it is a new adult um, fiction, so it's for that bottom age of the adult spectrum, and um, it's about a 22 year old who's like fresh out of university can't find work and stuff and then this family crisis arises and she's kind of faced with this decision of of what she's going to do with that if she's going to chase it and try and finally unlock like the history of her family and these secrets Mm. secrets that seem to be bubbling under the surface all the time and all this like yeah like their dissension in the family and why is that and so and or just kind of avoid it and she decides to go kind of headlong into it and um, Hmm. it takes her to georgia and and um yeah so that's kind of the story (laughs) i've never thought about the story in that way before it's like a it's a story about a a decision she makes to either to either like uncover this and look it in the eye or to run away from it right and then she plunges in and and then all the things that unfold after are the books so Hmm. Matt, Matt, you've never even read it. It sounds like I, I like, skimmed I've never it. Even- <laughs> I skipped. No, I've, I've, no. Like Sabrina said, I, I've, I've read it multiple times, and you said it, it was boring. It was, it was actually never boring. It's a phenomenal book, a tremendous book, and uh, I feel like there's a bias here, but I'll- <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll but leave uh, sincerely, we'll- sincerely. How, how can people? We'll leave the what's the thing title? on how people it's can get called, this. Called yeah. um, "Not Far from the Peach Tree." Um, yeah, it's available everywhere online that you would buy books. It's wherever you, you like cool, buying books, cool. you'll find it there. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. So it's exciting. It's still weird to me <clears throat> that it's real. Um, it's still hard for me to even identify as an author. It's not comfortable for me. So, <laughs> but. Cool, very cool. Matt, what do you got going on these days? Uh, I'm writing like a sequel I, I to her book, yeah. actually. <laughs> oh. I figured that was a success, so I'm going to jump on that. And <laughs> Very far from the beach. Super, super far. <laughs> so far. And I'm just going to just ride that wagon for a little while. I think the thing I would bring people to is uh, my Dry Bar comedy special. Because that uh, you can stream that for free if you go to, go to the place and you can get that for free. And people don't have money right now. No one's got money. So go and watch the comedy special for free. It's fun. If you go to uh, download the Dry Bar comedy app, you can get it, uh, get it for free there. And of course, you can go to my website, mattfaultcomedy.com. That's got a bunch of links to all sorts of goodies and stuff. That's what I've got going on. People have not asked me what's going on for a very long time. I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry to be yeah, nosy. So we, we, finished, uh, we finished a screenplay. We're just putting a couple final touches on it. My, my manager read it. And uh, so now we're we'll see. fixing those notes and going doing something with that. So. Um, You guys, one of the reasons why we really wanted to have you on this episode was because right from the beginning. We want to ask for money. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any. We'll we'll apply for a government grant and then we'll give that over to you. Um, You guys really just from the get-go seem to be able to really set clear boundaries for your marriage and your family and work. And that um, we just really saw that. And we've seen that all throughout your career and throughout your marriage. And 
to be honest, that's something Leland and I aren't super great at. We have always found it difficult to kind of define those lines. And so um, we've, I've found it to be really inspirational. And I just want to hear from you guys um, how you got to that point that you knew you needed to do that and, and give us some tips on, on how to maintain that. And, and just for, for the listeners, the boundaries, just to be more clear, because <laughs> that sounds, sounds really bad. Um, what I've noticed on, on tours and things that I've done with Matt is that, like even for the movie, it was like, I can only give you this many days because I'm not going to be gone for more than this. Well, same with tours. It's like, you see, you set clear time away boundaries and, and other kinds of things, but you've been very firm on it. Like I'm... If there's an extra dollar in it, I'm like, yeah, another day, another week, <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get. But you've been very like, no, no, no. This is this is the the limit, and that's where I'm 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 at. So maybe speak on that a little bit, you guys. Yeah, I think I think that came from a place. First of all, before I talk about, it, I should say that by no means have we got this pegged down. No. And yeah. it really came out of a place of I don't know if desperation is the right word, but it came out of a bad place. Well, it's always like we go until we hit a wall yeah, <laughs> and then we're like so stressed. Cause it's like, there's just, it's like, you're keeping all the plates spinning. Right. And you just can't anymore. And we kind of hit that spot and then we reevaluate. I wish we would know when to reevaluate before we hit, before that we spot, hit that wall. It's usually when we get to that point that we're like, okay. Yeah. Gotta like there was scale a scale back. There's, there's always two points that I remember. There's that one when I, I was doing a weekly radio show just because mm-hmm. I like radio mm-hmm. Um, I was doing weekly radio yeah, show. It was not for the pay. No, not for the pay. So I would dr- <laughs> I would drive in once a week, record the show, and then drive back. I was writing for a local newspaper in the arts and entertainment section. I was writing a script for a Canadian dinner theater, and I was doing stand-up comedy all at the exact same time. Now, three out of those four things do not really pay a lot of money, and they're not what I want to be doing with my life. So I was like stressed. Sabrina was stressed. We were just our 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 family life was just not fun because it was just this constant stuff going on. I think you're also in the middle of renovating or the beginning we had, we were purchasing and starting that whole. Yeah. Anyway. And then Sabrina had said to me, basically, what do you want to be doing? Do you want to be writing this, this, uh, these scripts? Do you want to be working at newspaper? Do you want to be working on radio or do you want to be doing stand-up comedy? And I'm like, I want to be doing stand-up comedy. And she says, well, but when you're stretching yourself this thin, you're not doing stand-up comedy. Well, Mm -hmm. You're doing all of these things, but you're doing them all kind of at a subpar level. Oh, that's like so, Yoda level wisdom right there. Yeah. So this is what I live with. I'm See, an old green. <laughs> I've always said that. I've always said it. Yeah, in your heart. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. From the beginning. And so then I in the in, in the matter of like maybe a week, I, I quit the job at the radio, I quit the job at the newspaper, I quit the the script, which was a hard one because I was like a quarter of the way through. I had to call and be like, no. And then they're like, mm, you can't just do that. I'm like, I have to. So I just like, I did it. Cause I was like, if I wouldn't have done it, it would have just, that it's stress always, would have continued. It's always awkward too. Like always scaling awkward. back is awkward. It's, it's and awkward I'm a people pleaser. You. It's awkward for other people. Yeah. Right. Like you put everyone in this weird situation. No one wants to put people in a weird situation, yeah. but you can't, you just, you have to, if you're going to keep your sanity, like if you're going to 
like there's just yeah. there's only so much you can do and then things were peaceful and then we were we were happy the comedy was going better i was devoting more time to that we were able to actually enjoy our lives and then the other time was like we were rent this was when we were renovating a house we were renovating a house we i was doing a cruise ship that was I, the other house the other house oh that's right yeah. the, okay uh, i had just got back from a tour i was going to go on another tour and i was just signed with an agency that was sending me out on all these auditions and i had to fly to california to do a bunch of meetings and it was like in that california trip that I was like, I'm not like, ha- this isn't, I'm not happy. Like, this is insane. So. And then you went, you went to the Yukon. Went to the Yukon. Yeah. Yukon. I went to just don't Yukon. Yukon. Don't say it's not to them, not for people from the Yukon because they lose it. Um, really? What, what do they want? They want Yukon? They just want Yukon. Don't say the. Oh boy. Otherwise they get all upset. <laughs> anyway, so I was in the Yukon and <laughs> having this epiphany. And then, well, so I'm we so just confused. pulled the plug. On a, so we just pulled the plug on a ton of things and just said, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to do that anymore. And we just, we, we just scaled back and, and we were, again, happy. And then it's just a constant ebb and flow of this where things get too crazy. So we scale back and then things are too slow. And then we amp right. up a little Sometimes bit. Sometimes we do that where we like completely under schedule so that because you're overcorrecting, right? So then you completely under schedule and then you're like, okay, we need more work. Let's take right. more work now. <laughs> so do you struggle with that balance? Like I know Leland and I uh, do just when you're self-employed, you kind of feel this burden. Um, like as a Christian, you, you kind of know that God will provide and that he'll meet your mm-hmm. needs. Um, but there's also an expectation and an onus on yourself to make mm-hmm. things happen, right? So it's really difficult. Hey, don't push your faith on me, <laughs> Carrie. All right. She's I don't need this right now. Every time. But I've just found it difficult to know when, when to just give it up to God and when to yeah. uh, do myself. Yeah. And that is really hard. That's the main thing. That's mm-hmm. the struggle. Right. I think. And we were talking about this a couple nights ago. We were trying to like, and it's really, really hard to explain. I think it's it's more of a feeling than a knowing. It's like you get you're like, okay, I don't think that we should take this, and like I feel like it's gonna work out. <laughs> like it's and that's not like you can't just give that information to someone now. Oh, okay, now I can apply that to my life. Did like you, it, with my movie, really not- was it like that? I feel like I shouldn't take it. And then I was like, please. <laughs> it was, do it. With your with your movie, it was like big signs. Like God was putting like huge don't like just like go see prophets would come up to me in the street and they'd like bind themselves and they'd say this is what will happen to you if you go to colorado and film this and i was like forget it i'm going forget uh, forget it. wow so good no, story it, yeah thank you very much and so it really is like that you really just have to to kind of weigh it out and i think that too when if you're doing something and you're like forcing it hmm. I think that's a good sign. If you feel like you're like forcing it. And it's like panic. Mm. Yeah. Like it's like this place of panic and you're trying to like, if this won't happen, then everything's going to fall apart. And yeah. then I know well, like. I've never gotten married red, then. Red flag. Leland <laughs> <laughs> panics about everything. I panic. I just, I constantly panic. <laughs> this sure. does not feel right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's the thing is too, is we, we panic all the time and we're always in the course of these huge life because if, if we say no to this gig next April, then because we think that something better is going to come along, what if something doesn't come along and then we lose that money or what we if, go into this spiral yeah. like that's 
literally insanity. Like, and when we catch ourselves both doing it, like this is not yeah. for us. Like we're both thinking so irrationally about this and everything is just like fear stricken. And like and the whole world is like dependent on the decision we make here. It's just like, no, there was, <laughs> it's th- not, it's actually not. So let's just step back from this now. And there's been so many examples in the course of our career where, we wanted something to happen. So we try to force something to happen. And then we realize, okay, this isn't right. We're just, we're not coming at this from a place of peace. We're coming at this from a place of panic. So then we, we pull back. And then in that place of peace, all of a sudden God provides it. And we've been in like huge financial stress too. I remember early in our career, when we first moved away from Manitoba, we literally had no money. I remember there was one time when I found a debit card in our couch or something like that, or in my wallet, I think it was, like deep in the back of the wallet, you know, where you never go. They're like, what's this? I wonder if there's anything on there. Like a credit union one. So those yeah. you never... So what is this? So then I, I called the number on the back and it said, your balance is $2.85. And I was like, oh, whoa. And then I knew on the debit card that we always use, we had like $3.50. So we went out. We went to Burger King with one credit, with one debit card and went to McDonald's with another debit card because I was too embarrassed to say, could you split this fast food order between two debit cards? So I went to two, and I wanted a Whopper. I'm going to be honest. Oh, I was craving Whopper a Whopper. so good. Under, underrated you know? burger. So, <laughs> so we, I remember, it's good burger. It was, I think it was that moment too that I always relive because I'm like, okay, even in any sort of financial stress, where I feel like if we don't get this gig, we're going to be in so much trouble. It's like, well, we're not going to be in that much trouble. Right. We're not going to be in the same like amount that. of trouble as that yeah. because I have $8 on my debit card right now. So at least it's a little better, was, you know? I was recognized one time when I was buying milk at this grocery store. Recognized, oh, hey, I saw you. You're so funny. And I went to put it through. It was like $4 and something. It was the big jug of milk for something. Yeah. And did not go through. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's declined. <laughs> oh, huh. I didn't even have another card to pretend with. Oh, weird. I was like, oh, well, uh, well I'll see you around the club. <laughs> oh, that's so how it goes. Bring milk. I was... Uh, <laughs> I got a part-time job. The first year that I quit com- uh, quit radio to do comedy full-time, I uh, I didn't account for the fact that summer is slower. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I quit during corporate season, November, December. I was like, see you later. And I'm like, I'm a king of the world. And then the summer came, I'm like, we're going to die. So <laughs> I, I got a job at my very first job. I was like scooping. I remember one point I was at the petting zoo at the corn maze. This is where I was working. And I was like scooping goat poo. And someone came by. And they were like, haven't I seen you at Rumors Comedy Club? And I was like, yes, you have. Like, how do you maintain? You're like leaning on the rake that you use to scoop. And I'm like, yeah, I've, uh, I, I perform there regularly, actually. Oh, please wash your hands before you enter and close the gate behind. There you go. Come on in. Yeah, I'm going to be there again in October. Should be a lot of fun. So, yeah, there's those beautiful, humble moments yeah. that uh, keep your head on straight. <laughs> okay, guys, before we let you go, I just want to hear, I'm sure you've got I don't even know, Sabrina, do you travel with Matt usually or with little kiddo now? Maybe not as much. Not usually. It's literally just the fun ones. Okay. (laughs) If he's going somewhere that sounds fun, then we'll go too. Yeah. Uh, But that's about it. If he's going to, I won't name, you know what? I'm not even going to name places because I'm not going to trash anybody. (laughs) But you came uh, with the Montreal just for laughs with me. Yeah. We did just for laughs together. Uh, we went to the, when all, all, both of our families, remember Leland and Carrie, we all went to the Mazatlan yeah, Comedy good. Club. and So fun. Yeah, it was good. So good. They've, ne- they've never had either of us back. Neither. No, I don't know why. 
I think bring them back. Yeah, if you're listening right now, <laughs> if you're listening. But early on, you came with me all the time. That's we would always travel yes, together. Yes, like drive, especially driving. Anywhere we could drive, she, we would definitely go. And early on, there was all these bad shows too. I remember that one that I was. It was like a 4-H club or something, and it was like a, it was like a gym floor, and I was in the. Uh, there was no stage, but you came into the gig, mm-hmm. and you sat in the back where all the coats were. Big mistake. And I was on stage and I was like, I was talking about my wife and, and I said, she's actually here. Oh, and no. I gestured to the back no, and work. everyone turned their heads and looked at Sabrina. And she's just- in the coats on the floor. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Oh my word. And, and then they know that I'm there. So every time he's joking, they look I mean, over just, at like, you. back yeah. at me uh, to see what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to die. Like, this is awful. So, <laughs> I think it was after that. You're like, I'm not coming in anymore. I never anymore. went in after that. So she would like sit in the car. And like middle middle of winter, she'd like bring because we she was she, we I was like oh she was working a day job at that time this is way back right and, and then working at night so I'd never see you unless I went with you so we'd have like that hour and some drive together at least on the way there and then I was in the car and with watch, a portable DVD player watch the office or whatever <laughs> and then drive home together after oh my school. word and then there was that one gig in uh, northern Ontario where they had us in this hotel that oh. was just so terrifying it was it was yeah what you you're like we're gonna be murdered here yeah, tonight or so then we Sounds were like, like dryden yeah well it wasn't oh <laughs> it's funny that you say that it was close because uh we were like let's just drive home and this is when we were living in in near toronto in uh near in hamilton toronto area oh anyway. so this is up like sudbury north bay kind of no 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 it's ontario but it was it, ontario was massive but it was northern ontario yeah but yeah it, we're still in manitoba no, we weren't in Manitoba. I thought we were. No, this is, oh, I don't remember. Somehow this story doesn't make any sense. Anyway. I don't so know how. Fighting. <laughs> we had decided we're going to drive home that night. That's why I think we lived in Ontario. Because we we're like, we're going to drive home. Forget this noise. So they said, don't drive home. There's a blizzard out there. And I was like, these Ontario people don't even know what blizzards are. We're from Manitoba. We can drive through anything. So we started driving. And yeah, there was snow, but the roads were totally clear. I'm like, this is so easy. And then we realized that we were behind a snowplow. And that's why the roads were clear. Mm. And the snowplow turned off the road. And now we're like barreling through like four feet high snow drifts in a little Mazda 3. And we got to that point where if I would have slowed down, we would have got stuck. So we had to keep going at like 80 clicks in order to keep barreling through. And there's hills, mind you. And then, but the opposing lane is clear. So we're driving in the wrong side of the road. And then until a semi-truck would come over the hill and at the last minute we'd swerve back over. Oh One point we got stuck halfway up a hill yeah. and we almost went into the river. Yeah, if you backed up too far, you'd go into a frozen river. And then when we finally got to the top, we were like catching our breath and like, I think we just like survived death. Like yeah. it was like legitimately. And there was a lady in her car. Oh yeah. We pulled up to the stop sign, the stop this sign. blizzard. And this woman's like, we rolled down her window. We- we're like, are you okay? And she's like, oh yeah, I'm just waiting for my friend to come back from bingo. And I'm like, your friend what? is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's carpool together. <laughs> but we made it, we made it to Dryden, Ontario. And that's why it's funny that you mentioned that because we made it as far as Dryden. And we ended up staying in a hotel that was even worse than the one that we left. Yeah, then we had to pay for it. If you, if you made it. it to Dryden, you were going back to Manitoba. There's no way you can Thank go you. to that's what nor- I'm thinking. To Southern Ontario from there. That's I like think I've made it clear already that I feel insecure when people hours. say that my wife is right and smarter than me. If everyone could please stop doing that, like at least let's have it like four times in this conversation alone. <laughs> this is my life. Oh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> you know, I'm not rubbing it in, so you don't have it. That no, way. well, you know, you're nice. Uh, you guys, this has been fun. Thanks so much for for coming on the on the podcast and and sharing a little bit about what you're what you're doing and all that. It's, this has been fun. Good times. This has yeah, been really great. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. And we'll see the rest of you next week. Stay isolated. Stay safe. Stay happy. <laughs>